And I thought, you know, we live in a world that it's about getting all the bang for your buck. The more bang for your buck. Everybody's looking to get a little extra. Everybody wants a deal. And I stand here thinking if, if you decided to go buy a new vehicle today and all you had was enough money to buy the stripped-down model and the car salesman said, you know what, it's just your lucky day. We're going to throw in heated leather seats, power windows and mirrors. I don't think, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, there, maybe there's an ignoramus around here somewhere. I don't know. But I don't think there's anybody here to say, no, nah, I'll, I'll pass. I, I, like the, I like the cloth. I prefer to turn the window up and down. Huh? No thanks. I mean, I mean, there's very few times that something's happened in a restaurant and they come by to make it right and, and they say, you know, we're, we're, we're going to, we're just going to, dessert's on us today. Ah, you know, we, we, that, that's, that's not going to happen, not in the world we live in. You, you know, we want to know, are you talking about one dessert or one dessert for everybody at the table? That's generally the way that our world operates. To get the most for our money. But I stood here breathing in this apostolic Holy Ghost atmosphere, and the thought occurred to me. Why are people programmed differently about their religion? Why would they not want more? Why are they so locked into traditions? I mean, you're not going to let. I mean, I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking to somebody that you're. You're the one that looks at the receipt going out of the grocery store, making sure they didn't charge you 99 cents more than what they're supposed to charge you. I mean, you're not going to get ripped off. I mean, you, you, you're the kind of person, I mean, uh, you embarrass your kids at a garage sale because it'll say a quarter and you'll ask them if they take a nickel for it. I'm serious. But yet people are so satisfied living on such small fractions spiritually and biblically to what they have been promised and what has been made read, readily available. I mean, if, if you're going to live like that, I think, you, I think you ought to just at least make up in your mind, bless God, if God promised the Holy Ghost, I'm going to have the Holy Ghost. If, I, if he promised the Holy Ghost, 
I can't help how I was raised. I, 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 I appreciate the, the good things that were instilled into me, but I, I'm not going to stand over with my, my thumbs and in, in the proverbial lapels and with, with my pride and say, well, I just wasn't taught like that. No, if, I, if my eyes are open to that there's more than, than what I have, I don't want to be cheated. I don't want to be shortchanged. I want everything. And if he died and was buried and rose again, that you and I could have the promise of his spirit. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I'm not here to cross swords of theology with anybody, but I'm just, I'm just telling you, God has promised you life and life more abundantly. He said that the gift of the Holy Ghost was a promise for you and your children and to all of them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. If somebody told you that the Holy Ghost was just for the people in the book of Acts, they're cheating you, friend. They're shortchanging you. You better get your receipt out and look again. You better get it out and look again. I don't believe in the Holy Ghost. Well, then don't act like you believe any of Paul's teaching and don't read any of his letters. Don't read any of them. Because if, if, if talking in tongues is demonic, there is no validity to anything that Paul wrote. It's all demonic. Because Paul said, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I talk in tongues more than you all. So Paul is a dyed-in-the-wool devil. So don't read the epistles. Don't read two-thirds of the New Testament because it's demonic. That's a lie. You've been shortchanged. You've been shortchanged. Somebody's, somebody's ripping you off. But thank God for the light. Thank God for the light. Thank God for the truth. Thank God for churches just like this. Thank God for one God, apostolic, Pentecostal churches. Thank God for divine revelation. Thank God for moments of divine illumination where our eyes are open to the fact. Come on. Hallelujah. Well, the Holy Ghost is for a bunch. The Holy Ghost is just for people that receive the Holy Ghost. It's a bunch of emotional uh, whack cases. That, come on now. They, 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 they just, no, no, no. There's successful people in this building tonight. There's business owners, thank you very much. There's, there's people that have done very well for themselves. We're not a bunch of whack jobs. We're saved and glad and we tried it all. But one day we walked in here and said, we looked at the receipt and said, wait a minute. We believed. Wait a minute. We've been going to church all of our lives. Wait a minute. We were back. But I don't see the Holy Ghost. Somebody make sure I get the Holy Ghost. Somebody make sure I get baptized in Jesus' name. 
mighty glad that one day you said, I'm going to get it all. If God's got it for me, I want it all. Clap your hands and celebrate. Would you clap your hands and celebrate that right now? admit it. You may not be letting anybody see it, but he's dealing with you. But just remember, his dealings, his dealings aren't forever. The Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord will not always strive with man. God will struggle. God will woo. but he won't stay forever. So I'm pleading with somebody, if he's dealing with you, please don't have the spirit of, well, I'll wait for a more convenient season. Surrender to him and let him totally and completely revolutionize your life. Anybody glad that you let that happen? Anybody here, anybody here right now glad that you let that happen? And come on, is anybody here right now that really and truly you're thankful that you let that happen? I'm, I'm going to preach. Just, just give me a second. We got time. We're we just, just, just dealing with a little something right here. Well, Brother Marks, you're, 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 you're smudging. You're, you're, you're causing me to become defensive about my religious background. No, no, no. No, no, no. I believe all of that teaching, all of those things that were instilled into you, led you here. Line upon line, precept upon precept. A little here and a little there. Praise God. That's all this building's just this building's just full. You you can't imagine the religious backgrounds that are represented by bodies in this house tonight. But it, it's people that that said, I if God has more. I don't want to get stuck in a mindset. Say, well, this is the way we've been doing it for five generations. But care how many generations we've been doing it. If there comes a point that the pushing of the beads becomes empty and the recited prayers, come on now, and the traditions, what Jesus was talking about when he said, when he said, are you weary and heavy laden? Are you, are you weary and heavy laden with all of this tradition? Types and shadows and come unto me. 
I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Because the, the yoke of religion is it's burdensome. But when you yoke up with Jesus, and you get full of his spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost is righteousness, joy. There's righteousness and joy and peace. Praise God. I know you're trusting me right now. I'm, I'm just kind of working something. I, I feel God working on somebody. We're fixing to read and preach here in just a second. I want you to take somebody by the hand. I'm finished with that right there. I want us to pray. Let's just see what's here right now. Come on, let's pray. Come on, lift your voice and pray. Come on, lift your voice and pray. Lift your voice and really pray. Come on, let's pray right now. Come on, lift your voice and talk to God. Come on, lift your voice and talk to God right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, by your spirit. God, by your spirit. By your spirit. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Come on, clap your hands to him. Lift your voice and shout with the voice of triumph. Come on. Come on, come on, shout to him. Come on, come on, cornerstone, give him a cornerstone shout. Give him a cornerstone shout. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I feel something falling in here right now. Hallelujah. Let everything that has prayer. by the evidence of speaking with tongues you can have it tonight 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 right now standing in your seat right now you can raise your hands and begin to ask God come on I need somebody that believes this I need somebody I need somebody to rejoice around this I need somebody to cause a stir in the spirit around what I'm saying right now if you want the Holy Ghost you can have it right now.
Jesus have mercy. It's bubbling up. It's bubbling up. It's bubbling up. Jeremiah says, like fire shut up in my bones. Go ahead, brother. Come on. to go on I promise you I, 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 but I'm not going to go I'm not going to go on without opening a door right now if you're in this place right now and, and you've got enough audaciousness to say I've never had the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking with tongues but I want I want it right now I don't understand everything about it but if it's if, if this is what's causing you people to have so much joy and so much happiness and so much peace I'm not the giver. He's the giver. Come on. I'm not the giver. I'm just the conduit. But I'm telling somebody, if you're audacious enough and bold enough to step out and say, no more fear. I'm not worried about what my family's going to say. I'm not worried about the rejection of friends. I've got to have the Holy Ghost. I want it right now. I don't want to wait another minute. I'm going to open a door right here. If that's you, if you'll run down here and raise your hands right now, man or woman, I'm not going to, I'm not going to wait a long time. But if you're here and you need the Holy Ghost and you want it right now, you say, I can't wait anymore. I can't wait till you get through preaching. I can't wait on an altar call. One more song is too long. I've got to have it now. Fill me up. From the floor up, fill me up. Come on, clap your hands right now one more time and worship God. Psalms 105. Difficulty containing myself here in just a moment because I'm fixing about to read to you um, 
one of my favorite portions of scripture in the entire Bible. <laughs> Psalms 105. And let's just, you've been standing a while, so let's just begin reading by verse 33. He smote their vines also and their fig trees and brake the trees of their ghost. He spake, and the locusts came, and caterpillars, and that without number, and did eat up all the herbs in their land, and devoured the fruit of their ground. He smote also the firstborn in their land, and the chief of all of their strength. This is what he's doing to the Egyptians, the enemy. Now there's a little turn here in verse number 37. Now he's fixing to talk to us about somewhere in the neighborhood of 3 million people who've lived in 400 years of bondage and oppression. He brought them forth also with silver and gold. And as far as I'm concerned, one of the most singular, powerful phrases in the entire Word of God. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Man, I figured that'd do better than that here. Let me try that again. And there was not one feeble Now, if you were to pick up some kind of Bible encyclopedia of the miracles of the Old and New Testament, and I have, I've been in libraries all over the place, I have yet to find a Bible encyclopedia that ever recorded that this was a miracle. But I submit to you on a Monday night in Spokane, Washington, that ladies and gentlemen, therein lies outside of the miracle of salvation as far as magnitude probably the greatest miracle that you'll ever read and I'm going to show shine some light bring some magnification to this and the devil's going to have a bad night tonight Look at your neighbor and say, not one feeble one. <laughs> not one. Tell your other neighbor, not one. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. I am... Um, very convinced that these number of plagues that were sent to what looks like Pharaoh, in reality, I 
I'm convinced that these, this display of power and wonders was not just for the benefit of Pharaoh. It was not just for the convincing of Pharaoh. I honestly believe that these people, God's people, three million somewhere in that neighborhood, men and women and children, had become so accustomed and adapted to the life of slavery that God was not only having a hard time convincing Pharaoh, but he was having a hard time convincing the children of Israel. A lot of times in my dealings with mankind, some of my greatest struggles is not just convincing the devil to let go and convincing hell that God wants to do a miracle, but some of the greatest struggles that I have encountered have been in my dealings with men who have lived in situations, lived with circumstances, lived with sicknesses, lived with promises for so long that they have bought in, been duped and bought into the lie that this is the way that it's always been and this is the way that it'll always be. They learn to live. They learn to function. It's an oxymoron almost in, in one regards, but it's, it's, it's staggering to me the people that, that learn to function in dysfunction. The Bible says that the devils know that there's one God and they fear and tremble. Many times, oftentimes, I feel the Holy, the Holy Ghost coming to a service to do a work in lives, to change a situation. Let me, let me just stop and say something here. I'm, I, I feel like there are several purposes that, uh, that, that, I am, 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 that I'm here at this time. Uh, they've, they've tried to get me to come here for, for many years, and, and it's all about God's time. And this, this was God's time. And, and I believe we're going to see those things unfold. And, and I'm very thankful for my uh, connection and relationship with this church and with the males. But th there's, there's one specific thing. There's one specific thing that I would like to begin to address tonight that, that I feel like uh, my, my ministry and, and me being here at this time uh, in your life, uh, the, the purpose of it. God wants to visit some cold cases in this church. Now, I have I have held I have held on to that for three weeks. I, I, I knew that before I ever got here. There, there are some there are some cold files. There are some there there is some unfinished business. There are some things that have don't don't mess with me right now. I, I have I have felt this before. I have encountered the unbelief and the disbelief of human spirits before. But greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. 
I'm talking about some old stuff. I'm talking about some promises. I don't care how long it's been the way that it is right now. God is still in the business of making his word. Cold cases. I, I, I think there, there are several reasons, and I, I believe God has articulated those reasons to me, but I know without a shadow of a doubt that one of the reasons I'm here is to resurrect a faith, to resurrect a tenacity, to resurrect a spirit that would get something in your hand and drive away the vultures, to get something back in your hand and drive away the lies. God it's gonna, God's going to bring a resurrection. God is going to fulfill his promises. Praise God. Clap your hands if you believe that right now. And, and so it's, it's exhausting physically and mentally. I, I, I kept it in a low gear tonight because I, I know physically the toll that it takes on me when I begin to wrangle with people's human spirits. But I want you to hear me tonight. There is an anointing. Thank God I don't just have to preach in my own human spirit. Thank God for anointing that will help me break the yoke. I want somebody to understand that God is still in the deliverance in business. God is still in the providing business. God is still not one feeble one. Not one. Not one feeble one. Now, I have taken a lot of time. I mean, it, it, it's a lot of time. With this, hours, let's just say it like this, many, many hours. And uh, it's, it's been tedious work because you are not going to find surface commentary anywhere that will touch this text with a 10-foot pole. And so I have had to really pursue patiently some answers. And the reason for my adamacy is because I feel that this is revelatory and I feel that it's very important to us, and I feel like if we could see this and understand this, that this could create faith for our own situation. Now, I began tonight by just giving you a few important details. 400 years of bondage is a long time. It has more than taken its toll on these people. We are generations deep into this now. These people have not been fed correctly. They have not been 
adequately hydrated. Their diet, not just inconsistent, but safe to say, for the most part, absent of anything long-lasting nutritionally, malnourishment was very common. They were overworked, and they were underfed. It created not only an emotional and a mental cloud of depression, but it greatly impacted these people physically. Now, again, you take these or you leave these numbers that I'm fixing to give you, but these were from experts that know more than I, and after tireless work, finally found some people that were educated historically from a biblical standpoint enough, but yet medically and understood psychologically humans during this period of time that they were able to give some kind of educated um, ground in which for us to, to, to build upon. Now, with these living conditions, with this inadequacy of vitamins in their diet, the percentages, now this is a little staggering, but stay with me, the percentages that they came to was they said safely, safely surmising, 60 to 80% of these three and a half million people had some type of physical ailment. I just let that set a second. 60 to 80%. But there was not one feeble one. Sixty to eighty percent. Let's 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 just take if 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 those numbers are staggering, they're high. When I found those numbers, I, it, it it caught me by surprise. But really, when you think about the conditions that they lived in, it's really not that surprising. They hadn't they didn't they didn't have the ability to fight off anything. And they, and they, they had no ability to, they weren't taking in enough. They weren't, uh, they weren't taking in enough food. They weren't taking in an adequate amount of enough water to, to even build their immunity system up to any kind of level to be able to fight off anything. So when somebody caught something, everybody caught something. Everybody. So 60 to 80%, well, you don't like those numbers. Well, let's just 50% is an easy number. Let's just say there were 3 million. Okay, well, you take 50%. There's a million and a half people that's got some kind of physical ailment going on, physically. Now, Sister Sergeant, that's not dealing, that's not even dealing with emotionally. That's not dealing with mental capacities. 
And, and I don't have time, but I, I have pages and pages where I could show to you uh, and, and prove to you that the, the mental and emotional toll that slavery takes. That's just the physical side of it. But the Bible says that when God got ready to bring them out, that he put money in their pockets. God, I hope the charismatics don't get a hold of this. They'll run. I'm telling you, they'd run with this. This is ours. Let me preach this as an apostolic tonight. He put money in their pockets. When God got ready to bust the thing up, when God got ready to turn the situation around, it was 400 years old. It was steeped in every kind of broken bone, every kind of disease, every kind of, every kind of physical ailment and dysfunction imaginable. But when God got ready to turn it around, the Bible says there was not one feeble one. Okay, so I go back and I, I remembered seeing some of this stuff. So I go back and, and I, I was correct. Uh, for once, my memory's correct. All of the artifacts, any depictions that, that they antiquate, that they date back, Brother Jesse, back to this, that are trying to mirror the, uh, uh, the slavery, even if they're a little bit older, but they're trying to mirror, resemble the slavery, the bondage that the children of Israel were in. Every, virtually every artifact that I found shows these slaves with a slumped posture. I've always thought, well, they are showing, they are showing what the spirit of slavery does. It causes one to slump. That's what, Brother Evan, I've always thought. They're just slumped because they're slumped with depression. No, generation after generation of living in these kind of conditions, malnourished, underfed, not having an adequate enough amount of water. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone dealt with a natural curvature of the spine. That was not just a posture of depression. Their bodies were not able to appropriately and correctly form. They were never given the chance. From the time they were able to pick something up, they were stooped over. And so they, they formed and they grew. Bones were very brittle, broken bones. And, and I don't have time to go into this, but uh, the things that they found and unearthed, broken bones. It, it, was, it, was, it was not uncommon under the pressure of a load for a man's, for a man's femur just blew it, just blow up. Why? Because it's generations of this, and, and your kids are having kids, and they're having kids, and it's messed up. Now, now, that's still not what gets me. Boy, I, some of you, I don't know when this is going to hit you. You're going to scare your wife to death tonight laying in bed because this is going to hit you tonight laying in bed, what I'm talking about right now. This is a big deal. We're not, I mean, I'm, I'm all about 5,000 men being feed, fed with five loaves and two fishes. That was a pretty big deal right there. And withered hands and, and, and people. But I'm, we're, we're talking about three million people here. Now, here's the one that gets me. This is staggering. 
There are some that I've found that actually suggest that upwards to 30% were completely incapacitated. I don't like that percentage. Okay, you ought to be able to like 10%, and you ought to know how to calculate that. So what's 10% of 3 million? You ain't going to ever be able to pay tithes on $3 million, Brother Sergeant, if you don't know how much tithes is on it. You better get to learn how to figure that up. If you're going to be able to pay tithes on $3 million, come on, where's your faith at? What is it? 300,000. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a big deal. At just 10%, 300,000. Not one feeble one amongst their tribes. I don't like that. Let's just say 5%. Let's just say it was 150,000. Not one feeble one amongst their tribes. Broken bones, broken dreams, broken relationships, broken homes, broken emotions. But when God got finished, there was not one feeble one. All right, it's it's Monday night. Some of you you you, you need a little help right now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna help you right now. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna elaborate on that word feeble. Not one feeble to totter, to waver. No weakness of the legs. No weakness of the ankles. No faltering. No stumbling. No faint. No cast down. No overthrown. Mentally, physically, and bodily sound. If Cornerstone can't get excited about that right now, there's not a church in America that can. What is that? Why is that important to us? Because, ladies and gentlemen, there's all kinds of brokenness. There's all kinds of situations in this house. And if God can do it for 3 million people, he can do it for 300. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just like that. I don't, I don't have to know how it happened or when it happened or how God did it. I just know there wasn't one feeble one. That means at some point, everybody went. I know at some point. I don't care if it's 50,000 or I don't care if it was 500,000. There was a bunch of incapacitated people. And at some point, the power of God moved among God's people. And they got up out of the corner. 
One moment they couldn't walk and the next moment they could. One moment they couldn't move their arm and the next moment they could. One minute they were laying in the bed and the next minute they were on their feet. See, there was a fountainhead. Oh, God. Many years ago, boy, it's coming to me right now, even as I'm talking to you, that God established it. In this part of the country, a fountainhead in which waters of the miraculous would flow. And things through time have polluted and clogged that flow. And the reason that I am being fought preaching this right now if, if I was to go to anything in my stuff and talk, talk to my wife if there was any one thing that I could have told her in my stuff that I knew would send this church into orbit I would have told her what I'm talking to you about right now but you see the enemy's done everything in his power to clog that flow and to shut down that fountainhead of life that God for so, some reason many years ago established in this area that springs would spring up and literally flow out of this place and flow across the United States, healing waters, miraculous waters from right here. And stuff's happened, and it's been clogged, and it's been polluted, and it's been a long time since it's moved in the way that God originated for it to move. And that, that's, that's, why, that's why there is demonic opposition to the things that I'm saying. That's why some of you who always have so much faith, you, you're having a hard time even, you're, you're having a hard time reaching out with your faith and getting a hold of this tonight. It's, it's because it's, it's and, and I, don't, I don't blame everything on the devil, but it's, it's demonic. It's, it's, it's the Holy Ghost putting his finger on something that has been clogged up and plugged up for a long time. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. I want you to, I want you to tag into where I'm at. And, and what God wants to do is he wants to, he wants to open that, that channel back up. He wants, to, he wants to remove the impediments. He wants to move the encumberments. He wants to move the, remove the stigmas. He wants, he wants to remove the trash and the pollution. He wants to remove false doctrine. and He wants to remove... He wants to remove weird ideas and weird theologies that can't, come on, he, he wants to remove strange stigmas. He wants to remove uh, uh, men who, who fell into sin and fell into the flow and clogged it up. God wants to open that flow up. The Holy Spirit's speaking to me right now that that was his plan and he does not repent. He does not he does not withdraw his intentions, but he's got to find some red-eyed, 
fanatical people that will believe that God's going to open that channel again. God's going to heal. God's going to do miracles. God's going to bless financially in unprecedented measures. See, the reason I'm having so such a hard time with some of you is because because you you have become so accustomed living week to week. You have never you've never been ahead. You've just drug along. Come on, in, in a sense, come on to a child of God. In a sense, you've lived in bondage. Yes, you've had the Holy Ghost, but you've lived in the bondage of just getting by. You've lived with the shackles of just living day to day. Just give me enough to make it another day. It's just survival. You've never been able to put anything back. You've never been able to give the way you wanted to give. I, I'm preaching to you tonight. God is going to revisit this area. God wants you to understand that he wants to open that flow. He wants to do unprecedented things through you and with this people. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. And it's people just like you that's got a revelation of taking care of the things that matter. That have been faithful in the small things. I need some men who buy into this tonight. God's fixing to open the windows of heaven to this church. There was not one feeble one. Not one. Not one feeble one. Not one feeble one. Not. And you want me to stand in this pulpit. And patty cake or join your pity party or let you live beneath your means and beneath what God intends and purposes for you and just live in survival mode. Just 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 existing. Just this church has gone as far as it's gonna go numerically. This church has gone as far as it's going to go spiritually, and this church is gone as far as it's going to go financially until this mentality is broken. And it's the mentality of just getting by. You're going to prosper. You hear me? You're going to prosper. I'm just telling you, you're going to prosper. There's men in this. You're going to prosper. You've been faithful in a few small things. 
it's it's fixing to get it's fixing to get your problems are fixing to change. It's gonna get it's gonna get bigger. It's gonna get bigger than you know what. And God's gonna give you the people to know how to handle it to facilitate it. And and you say, well, I don't know how I'm gonna juggle all this stuff. I don't know how I'm gonna juggle. Come on, I don't know how I'm gonna juggle. I need some other men right now to go. I don't know. How, I'll tell you how you're gonna juggle it. I'll tell you how you're gonna juggle it. I'm sorry. Time. I got to be at the airport at 4.30 in the morning, but right now I could care less, okay? I could care less right now. I'll tell you how you're going to handle it. I'll tell you how exactly how you're going to handle it. You're going to handle it just like you've been handling it the last little bit. You're going to keep doing the things that you've been doing. You're going to keep serving. You're going to keep being faithful. You're going to keep good. And God's going to give you the people to facilitate it and juggle it and take care of it, and you're just going to stand back and do the work of God and watch it be blessed. That's fine. You sit there with your hands in your pockets. You just, you don't have to believe that. Preaching to people that have got into the rut of living week to week, juggling this bill to pay that bill, robbing from Peter to pay. Come on, you stand there with just stand there with your facade if you want. Let's get real. Those are shackles. That's bondage. God wants to deliver you from that. God wants to set you free. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. But if you forget servanthood, it's going to dry up. Jesse, I'm pleading with you. I'm pleading with you. I'm holding you accountable in front of all these people. Everything you've got is from the spirit that you had when I first met you. So eager, so willing, so ready. That's the spirit God's going to bless. That's the spirit he's going to bless. He's going to bless the man who has a towel in his hand. He's going to bless the man. He's going to bless the man that's ready to bless the kingdom of God. Say what I believe. I believe right here in this church, God wants to establish. He is attempting to establish a model to reveal to the rest of the world this is what a true, authentic, operating apostolic church looks like. Now, bro, one of the most miraculous things to me about the book of Acts church is they gave everything, and on the other hand, the Bible says, and they wanted for nothing. 
called living under an open heaven. And you live under an open heaven when you live with open hands. Sorry. I can't live day to day when I read stuff like this right here. Okay. For all you analytical people that are trying to explain away everything I've said right now, okay, let, let me just, for, you, for your carnality's sake, if it was, if it was just 100,000 people, that's a, big, that's a bigger miracle numerically than anywhere you can point me to. Just like that. And you want me to believe that I have to come in here and preach a little canned sermon. And we got to go through the motions and sing our three songs and take up an offering. And all of us go home with all of our problems. I'm setting something in the motion tonight. I'm not really, I, I hope there's things that happen that we see physically with our eyes in the altar. But that, that's really, I'm setting something futuristically in motion. We will reap from this in weeks to come. The, the real revival of what's happening here tonight, we will reap the ripples. We, we, we will reap, it, it, the, the tide of this is coming in. I've got to preach this into your spirit. You've got to believe this. Some of you, this man has just become a broken record to you. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If it hadn't been for that man's raw tenacity and belief and high octane, high energy, What's here right now wouldn't be here right now. They laughed at him. They, they questioned him. They wondered if he's doing the will of God. People he loved. Didn't give him the support that he probably would have liked to have had. And him and his wife came here and they dug in. And they started chipping away. But this is not good enough. The enemy of excellence is... It's, it's the spirit of, it's good, it's good enough. It's the, it's the spirit of, I'm satisfied. No. This is, this is not, this is not it.
I'm talking about unprecedented. Miraculous stuff. I was dealing with this in Houston at McLean last year. I had a bunch of business owners around the front. I said, if you believe this, I want you to just take the phone and answer it right now. Something's fixing to change. You've just been struggling to make it. And I watch guys just. Boy, I should have pulled out an oldie. I used to preach a deal. Maybe that would have preached better here. Sometimes you got to do the ridiculous to get the miraculous. Maybe, maybe I should have gave that one a whirl here. But I, but I watched them answer the phone. Brother Marks, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to tell Naaman to go dip seven times in the muddy Jordan River either. It doesn't make any sense to spit in a guy's eye either. And the list goes on and on. It doesn't make any sense to take your only son and take him up to a hill. Ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. Build a boat? Yeah. It, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. How long is it going to take to build a boat? 120 years doesn't make any sense but it was a word and I said answer the phone now there's eight or ten of them and I'm watching finally I watched one young guy right just he went and he just pulled it to his head like this and when he did Zach when he did it I knew we'll call this guy tonight if you're having trouble believing this we'll go on the phone and we'll call this guy tonight because this happened he went just like that and he pulled it to his head and when he did it I thought buddy Get ready. Unbeknownst to me, he had an electrical, electrical company. He was trying to get off the ground. I don't remember the guy's name, but there's a guy who's very famous in the state of Texas, and now it has caught on television, and it's gone several different states. He has a huge, massive home improvement show. Within 10 days, the owner of that home improvement show calls this guy, with a brand new electrical company that answered the phone in faith standing on the altar and says, yeah, we've seen your ad. And he said, for some reason, we've just, we just like what we see and we've decided on you and we'd want to know if you'd be interested in doing all of the electrical for all the renovations of all of these houses on all of these shows, on all of these sets. So that guy not only, he, he's got more work with that but now he's got free television advertisement because his electric stuff is on everything. Just like that. And I'm having, I'm having trouble with some of you talking about this right here. Your faith is so wounded. 
you've heard that it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You've heard that so many times, only to see the, 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 the start of a bloom wilt before your eyes, that, that now your faith is so wounded that in a moment like this, you, you're, you're, too, you're, you're, so, you're too cautious, you're too careful, and, and you, can't, you can't even reach and believe this because you've struggled so long. Might ought to answer that, bro. Now, now, did he say it or did he not? Did he say it or did he not? That he was going to make us the head and not the tail. I mean, maybe I wasn't just talking to people that, that, that hadn't received the Holy Ghost. Maybe, maybe you need to go back and look at your receipt and see that you've been shortchanged there. Is that what he said? Did he not say, did he not say that I would make you the lender and not the borrower. I'm trying to resurrect this thing. Is that what he said? I'm going to tell you, I'm fixing to do a little demonstration for you right now, and, and you, you, you can believe it or not, but I'll tell you what's happening in the Spirit. All I need is one more person to believe this. I'll tell you what's happening in the Spirit right now. We're doing this right here. We're coming around a corner. I, f- I feel that. In fact, just if you, if you believe that, just, just right now, would you just turn? Just turn physically. Uh, just something is turning. Something is turning. I want you to go home, and I want you tomorrow to get on a budget. I want you to formulate a plan to start throwing extra money towards the credit cards. Just, just listen to the instructions I'm giving you right now. And let God see you approaching this debt with some diligence. You can't leave this all up to God. You can't. You can't. You, you, you've got to be responsible. You can't, you can't be sloppy and be blessed. So if, if you've been sloppy, if you've been sloppy to this point, we've got to change our habits. Now, wait a minute. Don't, don't leave me here. You go to work on paying off that stuff and watch what I'm telling you. Your diligence in, in the pursuit of paying things off and clearing your name. Boy, people get uncomfortable you start talking about this right here. 
You want to leave it all to God? You want to leave it all up to God? No. It's not the way it works. There's a lot of human involvement in the miraculous. There's a lot of human involvement in the miraculous. You young guys, you young marriage, you want to be blessed, you want to be a part of what God's fixing to use as a facilitator, don't get in credit card debt. Don't do it. Don't get in credit card debt. If you can't afford to pay for it, I'm just an evangelist right now. I don't know what's on me, but I'm just in something, and I'm going to say what I feel right now. Don't do it. If you want to be a part of the, the, the tool that God's going to use, the conduit, the facilitator to this end-time revival, don't do it. Come on. I want to know, is there anybody in here that there's more important things to you than toys, accumulation, Something else in your closet. Something else to clutter up your garage. Dear God, we're, all, we're, we're just dealing. We're just taking a big swath at it tonight. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost wants to revisit this area. What are you trying to do? I know what God showed me standing on this platform about 20 minutes ago. There is a fountainhead of the miraculous. Many years ago, I want that thing unclogged. I want a free flow. I want people to come in here and cancers to fall off. I want people with leukemia to walk in here and be healed instantaneously. I want people on every every kind of drug imaginable to walk in this house and be delivered when they walk through the back doors. On every business owner in this church. I know this is different. We got visitors here tonight. I just got to do what I feel. I want business owners, if, if there's business owners here, I want you to come and I want you to stand up here in front, right here in front of this pulpit. Praise God. If you're wise, will you come on? I'm not your pastor. I'm going to tell you what I know in the spirit. There's a couple other situations in this place. And not everybody that thinks they're qualified is qualified. But I'm going to tell you there's a couple other situations in this place that very quickly under his tutelage and under his blessing, you need to be on your own. You're not down here yet. But I know what I feel. I just I can't get a total grip on it. But there's other situations in this house with, 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 his, with his counsel and his guidance. There's, there's no sense 
and you working for somebody else. And this is not applicable to every situation. But, but there, I, I just I feel like there's, 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 there's some other situations here that, that God's got some big things in store. But, but you're going to have to you're going to have to stay very close to your pastor and, and, and let him help you feel your way through this. Praise God. And if that's you and, and you've kind of felt that just you don't I don't you don't have to move anywhere. Just when I start praying for these people down here, I want you to just start kind of letting that move. Let it move in you. Let it move in your spirit and just 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 kind of open your mind. I, I don't know what's fixing to happen. There's no telling. I feel like open vision. Is this is this is this too is this too apostolic? I just feel like open visions fixing a I feel like I feel like that that you haven't known what to do. But as we pray, God's not only going to show you what to do. But he's going to give you peace about what to do. And I, I feel like there's, there's this open vision. I, I feel like some of you are going to get the pieces to, 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 to expansion. But because even within your own deal, it's easy just to, to just, just str- learn to get by and struggle along and pay the bills. God, I believe God put this in your hands to bless you and to bless the kingdom of God and to bless the work of God. There's another level. Is anybody down here believes there's another level? There's another level. God, there's, God wants to do something bigger. God wants to do something greater. Come on. I want the finances of this church to open up. I, I mean that. I, I want something to open. I want it to open up. People have been faithful in this church. You've given. You've sacrificed. I want something to, if God could do it for the children of Israel, if he could put money in their pockets after 400 years of bondage and he could take care of every situation and circumstance, God can do that for us. Now, you that are down here, I want you to raise your hands and I want you to lift your voice and just begin to cry. You out there, I want you to stretch your hands in this direction right now. Come on. Come on. Take it to the next level. Overshadow. Overshadow this church. Come on. Come on, you that are in the congregation, let's go. Now I want you to clap your hands and I want you to really thank God like you believe. Come on, like you believe. If if you need a job or you're desperate, you need a better job, get out in the aisle and start praising God right now. 
If you need a job or a better job, go ahead. Just go ahead and thank God for it. Come on, not one feeble one. Not one feeble one. I could care less what they're doing in Washington. I could care less what the Democrats or the Republicans are doing. David said, I was old and now I'm young, or young and now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. My daddy owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Jesus, I want testimonies, but I'm praying a specific prayer. Give them the bid even when their bid's higher in the name of Jesus. Give them the bid even when their bid's higher in the name of Jesus. Give them, God, I pray you put spiritual sticky tack. Put it on their applications. Put it on the things that they've submitted. Let them, they may be less qualified, but they've got the Holy Ghost, God. Give them the job. They'll be a Joseph. They'll be a Joseph to their generation. There is nothing more important than staying hooked in. Got to stay hooked in. Got to stay hooked in. It's it's not it's not worth it. it you can't get too busy. Too too busy is not. It's not, it's not worth becoming disconnected. Differences and disappointments. And it's not worth getting disconnected. Getting in somebody else's fights and getting in somebody else's squabbles. It's not worth getting disconnected. Choosing sides. You're going to get disconnected. You choose sides, you're going to get disconnected. Only side I'm on is God's side. And, and a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. On all of his ways. Say, well, well what do I need to do? Well, I, I'm telling somebody specifically right now. You need to make sure that your commitment to, to your church and to your pastor is rock solid. You've got to have roots. You've got to put roots down somewhere. God's not going to bless you. He, he cannot bless you if you are not rock solid connected, intertwined into a local church. So, what I'm saying is, whatever's happened, let bygones be bygones. Let go of your offenses. Let go of your disappointments. I'm going to tell you right now, there's, there's, people, there's people that come back to this church but they're having a hard time coming back to this church because of shame. Because when it all panned out, it was basically how the man of God said it was going to pan out. And the devil tells them they can't come back because we're going to have the I told you mentality. 
Not here. Not here. No, nobody's, nobody's here waiting to point their finger. We're, we're waiting to embrace you. Get back in here. Get back involved. I don't know what, I don't know what you've been off chasing. I don't know what. You went AWOL. I'm talking to somebody specific. I don't want to cause you to go AWOL. I'm going to tell you something. One of the greatest endangerments to young parents going AWOL is you're going to tweak your kids. Your kids are the ones who suffer. you got to get in here and get locked in. Love your family, but if there's stuff going on in his family or her family or a family halfway across the country, you just got to turn that noise down. you got to turn it all down. You got a hook in. I'm going to tell you. We, we don't need, I mean, it'd be nice, but we don't need three millionaires to move in here. I mean, we, I mean it'd be nice, but the miracle's in the house. And there's a lot of people that have just kind of been out on the fringes, disconnected, just loose wires. That it hooked back in, connected with everybody else, absolute dynamite. You're loved here. You're loved here. Nobody's looking down their nose. Nobody's, nobody's got skepticism. Nobody, if they got anything to say, it probably, ain't, it probably doesn't have much merit to it anyways. Plug in. Make up in your mind. Plug in. You're not going to gossip me out of here. You're not going to discourage me out of here. You're not going to snub me out of here. You're not going to cold shoulder me out of here. This is my church. These are my people. He's my God. You got to be faithful. If he takes you to the next dimension, you can't keep giving like you were given in the last dimension. Because the next dimension, you can't sustain the next dimension sacrificing the way you sacrificed in the last dimension. Don't cheat him, don't cut corners. Had a man lean over me on the platform. He said, you and I, he said, you feel a lot like I feel about this man. And he pointed out this man. I said, he's a hand of God's on him. 
and and he he's he knows this. The pastor knows this because I've specifically addressed this guy several times on several occasions. He said, "Why won't God let me use him?" I said, "Because he's unfaithful in his finances." He said, "Him?" He said, "Surely you're talking about." No, I said, him. He said, well, I hadn't looked in the books in forever. He said, but that's the last person in this church I thought would be unfaithful in their finances. He said, but I can't. He said, I have not been able to figure it out. He said, all of it's there. He said, but God would just not. And he went and checked. He said, I don't like looking at the books. He said, but I went and looked at the books. And he said, I was absolutely shocked at the inconsistency of that man's giving. And usually where a man's heart, his money's at, generally you can tell where his heart's at. Quiet right now. Like one old boy said, you hear a rat licking ice. Tighten up. You can't cut corners with God. I can't afford to pay tithe. You can't afford not to pay tithe. And I'm going to tell you something else. I haven't done it here. You mess with me, I may come back and do it. But I did something three or four places. In fact, I did it at her brother's in San Diego. I was on quite a tear a while back because the Lord spoke to me. He said, my people are robbing me in offerings. The tithe, to me, it's just the way my brain's programmed, okay? The tithe to me is really not about, a, it, that's not about blessing. To me, that's salvific. That's the way I look at it. In fact, to me, tithing is God's honesty policy. And, and I don't think he'd mind me telling you, but Paul Bertram was an unbelievable man. But I, I really talked straight to people about offerings that night. And, and, and the way that, that God put the, the church together and how it's supposed to operate. The Bible says, let, let a man give as he purposeth in his heart. Or as he prioritizes. Let a man give as he prioritizes in his heart. And when I got convicted, I got convicted because I had to go back and look at the entertainment column in my life versus not the tithing column, but the offering column. Now, now you may say, Brother Mark, you're taking that too far. I'm going to tell you how I look at it. When I'll dump, oh, God, $4 on a Starbucks drink, and then the offering plate goes by, and I don't even put anything in it. 
whether, I, whether you realize it or not, you just prioritized. And I know good and well that Starbucks doesn't mean more to you than God. But you prioritized. Dear God, how did we get here? And your brother told me that night, broken in the office. He said, I don't talk about this very much. And he said, the reason I don't is he said, I thought that I was protecting them. He said, but as you were going tonight, he said, I realized, he said, God convicted me and said, you're the pastor, Paul. Quit trying to play God. Quit trying to protect them. You're not protecting them. You're keeping them back from being blessed. It's really, we have promised that he said, and I'll rise up and rebuke the devourer. That's pretty strong language that if we get it right financially, that it causes God to get up off his throne and get involved in our stuff. That's. You do it right. You do it meticulously. Cut corners. Dear Jesus, have mercy. I'm going to say what I feel right now. And I'm going to look this way because I don't want anybody thinking I'm picking on my I don't know anything but other what, what, I, what I'm feeling in the spirit. You start cutting corners financially. And you start doing things dishonestly with your finances. And you are opening the, you are opening the door to every spirit imaginable. And I have watched perversion come in, and I have watched men fall prey to infidelity. And I have watched women fall prey to infidelity. And if you trace the pathology back, they got sloppy with their money. Don Mead Jr. does my taxes, and I love Don Mead. I, I don't read tax time, but the way the government is, they're very good to ministers but, uh, every year. Are we on the level here? I, I don't want to be doing stuff under the table. Money's spiritual. Jesus talked about money more than he talked about heaven or hell. I'm going to tell you, I'm right to the meat of where I needed to be tonight. It took me a while to get, but I'm right here. You can't be sloppy with your money. In fact, it just came to me. 
that God's convicting somebody right now about making something right financially. That was God. I'm confirming that to you right now. That was God. You need, you need, you need to make that right. You need to take care of it. What are we doing? We're trying to get that blow on the clog. There was not one feeble one. Not one. I want God to do it right here. Not six months from now. Not five years from now. We don't have time. Right now. I want something to happen. There's a, we're standing on holy ground. Jesus, have mercy. God. It's not the will of God for the bulk of the financial support of this church, the bulk of it, be resting on the minority. Some others that need to get involved, pull your part of the load. Break it, Jesus. Break it. Break it. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Jesus, break it. Break it, God. God, I'm asking you to do things God speed to build the faith of these people do it Jesus break it break it break it God Jesus Brother Sister Sergeant, why don't you come here? Elder Brother Sister Sergeant. Come here. I want the kids that are here and grandkids, why don't you get on behind them? Church, would you stretch his hands in this direction? I felt specifically just a moment ago to pray for this family. Jesus, God, you know what you know what it is. I'm asking you right now. You know what it is. I'm asking you to take care of it right now. You know what it is. I 
know what it is. You know the need, God, right now. I'm asking you to meet it. I'm asking you to meet it. Do something. I'm asking you to do something miraculous in this family. Do something. Increase their faith. Increase their faith. Jesus, you know, you know, God, you know. God, you know, you know better than anybody, Lord. These people will go to their grave. God, you know, you know the quality. You, God, you know the integrity. You know, you know, God. Show yourself strong. Lift them up, Jesus. These, these are, uh, these, these are, these are, these are some most incredible people I've ever met in my life. That to me, their lives epitomize sacrifice. These are heroes. And, and I, I'm on, Pastor. I, he's gonna have to do. He'll have to do this what he feels, but. I just, I'm just telling the Lord just keeps talking to me. There's an immediate need. It's not going to, you know, what I'm feeling right now, there's just an immediate need. And it keeps coming back to me. You know, what, what, if I show you there's a need and you shut up your bowels, I'm not going to shut up my bowels right now. Right. 
And, and, and in a moment like this, I think it's always best to stamp it and putting our money where our mouth's at. And I, I, I need Brother Mayo's, and if he doesn't feel this, then we'll just move right on. But I've got to have his affirmation here. But I think with a, with a sacrificial offering, there's an immediate need. The Holy Ghost spoke that to me. There's an immediate need to, to carry this over until something, something gives, something kicks in. And, I, and I'm going to give the first $500. There's an immediate need. There's a, there's a big need here. And, and we're going to give. We're going to give tonight. And, and we're, we're going we're gonna to give back into these people who have given selflessly. Selflessly, selflessly, and neither one of you are gonna feel bad about it. That's exactly right. Neither one of you. You're not gonna come in here and hold your head down. No way. This, this is. We're we're looking at this. This is not just an offering to you, but we believe this is a sacrificial offering, in our obedience to what has been spoken here tonight, as as an offering that's going to began the breaking the back of some of this stuff that has been bound up. We're going to take care of this need tonight. We're going to take, I know what I feel. We're going to take care of it. And so I want you to go back to your pews and get your purse, get your checkbook, and I want you to pray. We're, going to, we're fixing to pray. God's going to tell you what to give. If, if, um, If, if, if you don't have it on you and you need a week, now please don't take more than a week, but if you need a week, just write it out on a piece of paper if, if you don't have it with you tonight. I mean it. You don't ever have to listen to me, but you have to listen to me right now. You ain't going to feel bad about this. Okay? This is God. He's taking care of a, of a need, and I know what he told me, and that's what we're going to do. This is This is a... A ram in a thicket. Praise God. Boy, this, this feels right. This feels right. This feels right. I want to pray. I don't want you to write it out yet. I want you to pray about what to do. We're going to bless some veterans given their lives sacrificially to the kingdom of God. Would you bow your head right now? Would you pray? Lord, thank you for what you're doing in this service. Thank you for talking to us. Lord, I'm asking you to direct us specifically as to what to give. Lord, you spoke to us. You said there was a need. I pray, God, that we could meet that need tonight asking you to see our sacrifice, God, as a sacrifice unto you. Lord, as a, as a statement of faith that we believe that you've spoken to us tonight and that you're going to break the chains and open the windows of heaven. We believe in you for the supernatural. We're not looking behind doors and corners for devils. We're looking behind doors and corners for blessings and miracles. We believe you're fixing to do things that's going to blow and astound our minds. Come on, is there any amens in the house right now? Is there any amens in the house right now? In the name of Jesus.
Jesus, would you stand? Ushers, would you just bring the bands up here? Just serve them. Let, let the, just, just come down here and turn and face down. I, I'm scrambling everything. It's okay. I know there's a way you typically do stuff, but when you bring that offering tonight, I want you to bring it. This, this is a we're coming in faith. We're believing this is a this is a moment. We're gonna bless the man of God and his wife. But this is a moment. This is a moment. We this is a moment for this church. Come on right now. Write your checks out to Cornerstone. We'll make sure that it all yeah, specifies for the sergeants. But I feel good about what we're doing right now. I feel good about this. I feel good about this. your eyes. Sister, this sister may is going to sing me. We are standing.